Lástima que llego tarde y no tengo llave para abrir tu cuerpo. Lástima que seas ajena el fruto prohibido que jamás comí. Solo falta un millón de primaveras Después de eso ya no vuelvo a molestarte Oh no, no volveré a cantarte Si te molesta, si te molesta What's up everyone, today is Sunday December 12th, 2021, and I'm pretty sure this is the fourth or fifth, what is this, the fourth episode? Fourth, yeah. Fourth episode of Potterama. Back again with my boy Sal Rex. We're here to, you know, just bring this back up, bring it back from the grave, trying to res- resurrect this motherfucker. Kind of talk to you guys about what's been going on here. My boy Sal Rex has some quick update before we get really even like deep into the topic, so he wants to share something real fast with you guys. And I'll let him take over the show. So, happy birthday to La Virgen de Guadalupe, first of all. To all the Mexicans out there. <laughs> but it's also a, really? a set. Yeah, it is. It is. It's actually today. Oh, shit. I didn't and know that. uh, that's what I was mentioning to a friend of mine, especially after what happened today. So, unfortunately, Vicente Fernandez has passed away um, due to a... Here, if I can bring it up. So, for people who don't know who Vicente Fernandez is, like, how could you explain this to, like, someone who doesn't, like, you know what I'm saying? The that? best way to ex- to explain it to somebody, like... Um, to like an American would be like uh, to an American would be like an Elvis Presley. Let's say how uh, El- I mean Elvis Presley. Like I don't even know. Like how, how, do you know how old he was when he passed? I know he was. He was, was kind of young. He was, like he, I don't want. I think he was less than forty-five, like under, maybe uh, over thirty-five, somewhere in between that so area. Like, like a better example would be like a Frank Sinatra from like back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, would be like that. Get an example of that. He was like an he he was an icon. He had like so many fucking films. He had so many albums. I mean, there was a time when uh, Vicente Fernandez would record like fucking two, three albums a year when he was just writing and writing. He died at forty two. Excuse me. Forty two. Yeah, forty two years old. Forty two. To the people out there, the Americans. Like I was saying, Elvis. <coughs> you said he died at forty two. Yeah. Um. So the a perfect example would be if he that would be like a fucking oh well we, if he wouldn't have died but I mean like if he wouldn't have died. Gone into his 50s and 60s, I think he would have still been popular. I mean, there's still a lot of people out there that are, there's not really many, but there's a few like Tony Bennett. I don't know if you heard of him, um, but he's still doing his thing and he's already at the age as well. But I mean, he's like the, the closest thing I think the Americans have to Vicente Fernandez. Something like you would describe to someone as like an icon or like an image of like that specific culture. Would you say like that's kind of, I guess how they were viewed as would be like a way to describe him? If that makes sense, like, uh, we're looking through Twitter and with, uh, you know, the passing of uh, this gentleman, dude, like, there's like people saying like, you know, oh man, we lost a national treasure. You know what I'm saying? You know, we lost our face in Mexico or this and, you know, this of that. So I personally, I think if you grew up like, you know, with the Mexican culture, you have to know who he is, you know, whether it be a cleaning day or like whatever, but there you have heard at least one of his songs, like you know, playing out throughout the house, maybe a party or something, at least one time in your life. So like you were telling me this earlier and I didn't even know about the whole like background with like what was going on. But um, 
You were mentioning something how he was in the hospital, like he was being hospitalized for like four months before all of this, like actually, you know, you know, went down this way. I was kind of surprised because to me, this, I just thought he passed away like willingly, like, you know, like not willingly, but because, like <laughs> uh, because of old age. Yeah. And, but, yeah. I, but even before then, like, it's crazy how um, and it could have been, too, because of the family members as well. But how I didn't really hear this on the media or like, you know, um, updates on his condition or, 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 or like on Twitter, mm-hmm. like you usually like see stuff like this trending. Like if somebody's hospitalized and stuff like that. I mean, like, but Americans, they don't give a fuck. <laughs> it's like us that care. But like I said, um, yeah, he was going back to if he was an icon. I mean, like when you think about Mexican music and you think about the first thing you think about with Mexican music is like that fucking the, the trumpets, the, the mariachis, the rancheras, stuff like yeah. that. You think about him. You think about Jose Alfredo Jimenez. You think about Antonio Aguilar from back in the day. And you see that music like they didn't really die off. But I mean, it's still around, but it's not as. It's not as prevalent as it used to be, uh, or relevant, like in our, not community, pero diga, o sea, in our heritage, ¿cómo se dice? Like, what do you mean, like? Like with Mexicans. <laughs> like, in general, like, Mexicans are not going out of the way to listen to rancheras and mariachi music. It's like, it, like I said, it didn't die off. Those fans still exist. I mean, they're still, like, Pepe Aguilar is still doing his thing. His daughter's doing his, uh, her thing, and same thing with the son. So, I mean, that music is still going to be around no matter what, but, I mean, like, he's the one that you think at the very top like when you think about that fucking genre of music when you think about mexican music he's at the very top along with marco antonio solis and los bookies you know that like that was our childhood bookies and vicente fernandez mm-hmm. so you know like nobody's gonna take that away from him um it, it's sad the way it happened like you said he he was hospitalized for four months and but like i said the the, the way things went down it's just like i don't know if it, it could have been prevented i'm pretty sure not i mean sometimes these things just come out of nowhere uh, he was developing some s- sort of like nerve damage in his spine, and uh, he suffered a fall a- in his home. And apparently, this is when he he broke part of his spinal cord. Shit, dude! When this happened, um, I don't know if like like I said, if like the damage was already being done like over time. Of course, he was like eighty one, so I don't know if like the damage was being done to his nerves and stuff like that. And once he suffered the fall, then um, that was it. Uh, he went into in- intensive care. He went out of intensive care, and then he went back into intensive care. Uh, just early, early December again, um, and that was it. It's so crazy how like, um, you know, the older you get, the the things that can you know when you're young, like I said, not even crazy, but like our age or some shit. If you fall, you can get back and recover from it pretty quick. But when you get up there, like past like in the seventies and shit, like that can really dictate where your life can go from there. I don't know, man. I mean, R.I.P., man. We lost a legend. I'm like... And you know what? I've noticed this month alone, we've been losing a lot of people. Like, uh, like especially, like, in the Mexican community type deal. There was that other actress. I can't rem- I can't even pronounce her name, but you, sh- you told me her name. Uh, you showed me the fucking... Her the name is t- uh, Carmen Salinas. It's... I don't know if it's, like... <laughs> it's going to sound so fucked up. It's the way to end a year. You know, you bring one up and you take one away or something like that. But, like... No, it, it it's, it's going to be tough, dude. But, I mean... um. It's a way for people to remember, like, not only uh, La Virgen de Guadalupe's birthday, but he'll be immortalized no matter what, you yeah, know, because definitely. of this He's, day. Of they're going to celebrate her. They're going to celebrate him. They're going to remember him no matter what. Like, his music is always going to live on. Like, even we're still listening to hits that he did in the what, 60s and 70s. I mean, we're still listening to that stuff on the radio. So, I mean, his music's not going to die. So, rest in peace to him, man. Um, like I said, it, it really sucks because... Most of the time, like, I think he was uh, intub- intubated with, like, a that tube in your fucking mouth and shit to help you breathe. 
so I don't know if he was developing COVID or like what was going on there or if it was something else that had to do with the spinal injury. Like I said, it, it sucks to go that way. Same thing for Carmen Salinas because uh, she had a stroke and went like, I think going into her, um, I don't know what you call it in, in, in English, but like going to her, like her dressing room, I guess. After filming an episode for a novella, she was really big in on, on novellas. Like that's where people remember her from. She was like on so many fucking novellas, like dozens, hundreds of them. Yeah. She was everywhere. Uh, but after filming an episode, she didn't feel good. She went back to her uh, dressing room and had a stroke. And from there, went into a coma. And but like I said, like I mentioned to you, that um, going into the coma, what I don't trust with media, like uh, how you mentioned that you, you don't see like media, co- media covering this. But when they do, they come out and say shit. And like you kind of don't believe it because there was like some doctors that were saying that her, her the, the seizure had like damaged parts of her brain that were irreparable so like she was going to be in a coma no matter what that some people some doctors were saying neurologists and shit like that that she was never going to wake up Mm. even if she did wake up she was going to have a lot of damage she could have been paralyzed there could have been she could have been a vegetable um so no matter what you know she was not coming out of this good yeah as she was before that happened which sucks dude because like like i said you just never know when this shit's gonna hit like just imagine going to work she's doing her job Acting out her scenes, doing her novella stuff, and then just going to your dressing room, and that's it, dude. I had a friend where he had, like, I guess his uncle was driving out one night, like, late at fucking night in this fucking, you know, typical highway, you know, one-way, one-way type deal. I can't remember what exactly he had, but he was telling me, like, on the way home, he either had a heart attack or he had a stroke. But it was so bad that he drove off the road... Flipped the car over, fell into a river, and then somehow, some way, some, like it wasn't enough to where like he, you know, died or some shit, like mm-hmm. uh, of drowning over like in the water. But uh, somehow he got out the car and he like he just laid out in that like field and he wasn't found like in like until like another three or four hours like afterwards and shit. So I'm just going back to what you're saying is like it sucks because you don't know when something like that can happen and it can happen you you know like uh, right now. You could be in a plane, it could happen. You could be running, it could happen. Sex, whatever. Like, you don't know when your time is going to happen or what specific, like, I guess self-damage. I guess I could, the best way I could say, I mean, you have no control. Like, you know, oh, I'm going to give myself a heart attack today. Ooh, and then, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like but it's like. And, and I wish there was, like, a, of course, like, you're not a fucking genie or, like, nobody's going to come and tell you, like, oh, well, you're going to die on this day. Would you like, want to know if, if there was, like, a way, like, you know, well, we got this new blood test and, you know, Charlie, in the next three years, you can expect having this issue and then, you know, like, real. You'd be able to, like, plan stuff ahead. I think so. Um, especially, like, um, I don't want to say I don't spend much time with my daughter, but I mean, like, I think I'd want to spend more time with her. Like, if I knew mm-hmm. something was going down, uh, going to happen or, like, go down and shit. So, I would want to know. Maybe. Just to change things a little bit. Maybe get closer to some family and stuff like that. But like I said, this situation really sucks because her going into it, into the coma, and then like you're never going to have that not really like closure for her family to be like, oh, you know, I love you and all this stuff. Like that fucking goodbye feeling. Like saying your farewells like the way you want to say it. Because just imagine, dude, like she just straight up was at work. Goes into a coma and that's just it. You're, you don't. You're never waking up. So I was. I don't know, man. I I think about some shit like that sometimes, and it's like I I feel like sometimes, dude. Like you, you can't plan. You can. No one can ever plan for death. You know what I'm saying? Unless you have like a real chronic illness where like you have this many months to live, maybe. Mm. And but, not mean, even, but not even then. If that's then. what I. That's what I notice with like people with cancer. Same thing. Um. They. I mean. They. They. They start trying to live it, 
you know, a little bit happier, but they try to like not let shit bother them anymore. I know you were telling me earlier, um, same with the t- uh, relevant with the topic of music. I know you work alongside with Brindis, and I know you were doing their cover art and shit like that, like all their artwork. You were mentioning something earlier how uh, I guess they're gonna have like a new record deal or like some like new. Yeah. Uh, so two days ago on December 10, I think they signed the contract on December 9th. Uh, they announced that they signed a record deal with a company here in Dallas, actually, uh, Azteca Records. Mm-hmm. Azteca Records, I think. Um, I forgot. There's another part. Music Group or some shit like that. But the, the issue that I have with it is that they have internal graphic designers. Now, of course, it doesn't mean that I'm not going to have a job. I can still do stuff for JD. I can still do stuff for other people. Right? Sure. Yeah. But these people like doing stiff. Uh, stiff. <laughs> and they like getting stiff, yeah, boy. Yeah. <laughs> Dick hard. They like doing their stuff. Internally, they have their internal graphic designer. It works. In, they work in a building, of course. Pero tienen, they got their own graphic designer guys and stuff like that. So they're not going to need me. But it didn't make sense to me why they still would use my cover art for the single that they dropped. So they dropped a single, which is the re-release of a song that they did in March. They still used uh, part of my cover art. So, which is why, like I said, there's my confusion because I haven't been in touch with anybody. If I'm going to be continuing to do their work or not. And that that's one thing that's like throwing me off because I've been in contact. I've been messaging the guys, you know, and they totally like. Have they have sent any word like, hey, you know, I know we got um, like an internal group working for us and shit. But like, have they reached out to you like a sp- like specific? No, no. And the funny thing, the reason why I mentioned it to you is because um, and this is like, I feel like I'm throwing dirt on them. <laughs> dirt on them right well, now. It's not even like so much dirt. It's like from like as long as I've known you. Um, well, like I respect the guys. I just like I said, I I, I, I wish I understand the I understood the situation that they're going. Yeah. Like the, the like where are we going with this? Like am I gonna be a graphic designer or am I not? Like if I'm not, then it's cool. You know, I still got other people I can work for or maybe I can work with you again in the future. But the problem is that I have is with this this uh, record label, like as a fan. As a fan, I wouldn't want them there because this record label is big on Norteño con sax. You know, like the groups I showed you, La Maquinaria, La Energia, the groups I showed you like last night, yeah. stuff like that. That's big here in Dallas. Yeah, I understand why that record label's here. You Do you know? think they're going to change their sound now going into See, that's the new... thing, because when, when uh, Brindis Por Siempre, so the people that don't know, Brindis uh, disbanded in 2010. The lead singer and the, and the drummer, uh, both brothers, left, and uh, they started doing their own thing, but they found a... They actually lived here in Cedar cedar hill or somewhere um and they lived here in dallas well close to dallas and then they found the record label azteca records which back then it wasn't that big as it is now now it is big but i mean like back day it was like it was like a like little indie you know like a little, little yeah little just small barely one. coming yeah, yeah coming up yeah. coming up and uh so brindis signed with them well at the time they were called uh, brindis por siempre the singer and the drummer they got together with a couple of uh friends and some of their siblings i think like two other brothers they got back did their thing here uh, in Dallas. And lawsuit happened, of course, because they were going around singing with the name Brindis. And uh, Mauro, who's the owner of the name, got pissed. You can't be doing that. So they changed it to BX, BXS, Brindis Por Siempre. They changed it to that. But the issue I have with this record label is that they signed with them in 2011, I think it was. Um, they left that record label like around 2013, 2014. But, dude, they only released, uh, like, a single here and a single there, but, like, no actual CDs. No CDs, no EPs, no nothing like that. 
they left. They signed with a record label in 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 Monterrey called Remix in Mexico. And at the time, Remix had like Banda MS and they had like all these fucking big bands in in Mexico, right? They had like big big name bands. And then um, they did nothing there at that time. I think Remix actually had Invasores, Cardenales, so they were they were big. Remix was big, so Brindis, por siempre, going over there, signing with them, was like a like an upgrade for them. What's like the typical length time like with uh, like Mexican music as far as contracting? Like how usually how long is that time period go? Uh, five, I think five or six years. But when you're signing on that contract, you get offered things, you get perks, this and that. Like they'll they'll uh, they'll help you, like yeah. as long as you help them. Like um, okay, we'll we'll set up this concert. Uh, Banda MS is gonna be there, and Brindis por siempre is gonna be there. So that type of thing, or like we're gonna make uh, during this time period of five six years, we're gonna have release like three or four albums, and we're gonna give you like the studio. You go in there, record your own shit, whatever. But the thing is that um, Azteca didn't do anything with them. They they just signed them. So basically, what I'm saying is that they wasted Brindis por siempre's time. The singer, remember the the one that we the the one that we liked that we grew up with. They wasted his time. When he went to Mexico and he started recording stuff with Remix in Mexico, that that record label, um, he he recorded three or four tracks, three as a solo guy, with like banda style because it was in Mexico and that was rising up again. So he was doing that style, and then, um, they ended up leaving that record label because they didn't record any CDs with them. Same fucking thing that I'm saying. Uh, I'm starting to think that's gonna happen here with with this Brindis that's signing. Uh, Do and you then, think they're doing it on purpose to like, but but get but, get rid of them? Like you know what? Let's not yeah, not but, like get rid of that. Like th- it's not like they're they're in the way, but like yeah. you don't fucking care about that music. <laughs> Let's be honest, because like I said, when when uh, they went to Remix, they recorded a song in that style of Brindis that we know. But then after that, followed two tracks with just the singer, not, none of his band members, none of his brothers, none of his friends, just him with a, a band, a banda playing in the background, him trying to be a solo guy. So as soon as they fucking leave Remix and they come back here, they sign again with Azteca. And then they, oh shit, you're like, damn, man, they, they got a new song coming out. They got this new song coming out. As soon as the fucking album releases, it was 12 tracks or 11 tracks. Four or five of those songs were already dated years from Remix time and from Azteca time, from the very first time they were there. Some of those tracks were years old on the fucking album that came out. You see what I'm saying? But like, they there's no fucking priority on these uh, on these type of grupos anymore from the 90s. Yeah, yeah. And everything like that CD. Like, if if you ever have a chance to listen to that CD, you're gonna listen to the whole thing. You're gonna be like, this shit's whack because it's like a balada song, which is like a slow pop song. Then it's a cumbia. Then all of a sudden, there's a fucking banda song that plays on three. They were just kind of mix a lot yeah, of yeah, different. Yeah, yeah, But like from tracks that they recorded in Mexico and that they recorded the first time they were here. You see what I'm saying? So it's a, it's a, it's not really a, a, a new album. And it's the same situation that's going to happen here with Brindis signing here in Azteca. I was going to say they promoted this song on December 10 that they fucking released back in March. The, 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 the issue that I saw with fans online that people like the band is that uh, people were waiting for a new track. People were waiting for uh, a song that's called Mejor Me Voy, which I did a cover for. People were waiting for that fucking song to release. And now we have to wait, like, another month. And the album is going to release in February. And that album finished recording in 2020. So let me ask you a quick question as far as... Because you know the record label more, like, way better than me. And I want to get your opinion as a fan, not as, you know, because you worked alongside with them. Do you think they did the right choice with signing with this 
like uh, record label? Yes or no? And then where do you see it going from here? As a I, fan, as, as, a, as a fan, I, I don't like it. Same reason why. Well, I'm not gonna say I like take their fucking words, right? Like what other people yeah. have said. What other people have said has been they don't like it because they were expecting new music and we're expecting something now because we were promised uh, as fans an album around like April, May. We didn't get anything. So now you're like fucking promoting a song again that already released in March and we already should have been gotten this album. It, it was ready since 2020 and this is not releasing until like February, maybe March 2022. Album is already going to be two years old since it, re- it was recorded. And I don't see this company like benefiting them because when Brindis came back, uh, Brindis Por Siempre, the singer and the drummer, when they came back the second time to Azteca, all they were doing with them, having them there, they were touring had a date here in Nebraska, had a date here in Oklahoma, a date here in Dallas, but nothing Houston, no music, them. no music, no new music. Yeah. And then every time they recorded a new track, it was for somebody else. It was like for La, La Energia Norteña featuring Becky Cese, and they appeared on the song. And so I'm thinking that's what's going to happen here. And I have this um, one fear that uh, the, band is, the band is probably going to have to deal with having to find a new singer. Um, because I think that this is going to be a leeway into the singer going as a, as a solo guy because like his, his style doesn't work with Grupera. And I've always said this and I've always criticized him. Like the guy that we saw live, his voice doesn't fit with the Grupera, with the Grupera genre. And I, I think he's going to use this as, like I said, when the other guy, uh, was here in Azteca and they were like, La Energia was doing something, La Maquinaria was doing something. And he was there as like a future on the track, I think that's what this guy is going to be doing. And he's going to be using that as fuel to be like, I don't need you guys. I can probably go do Norteña with sex and I'll be good. I could probably go do Banda and I'll be good. Like, I don't need Brindis anymore. And it would be like such a shame too, like, because the way I see it, like, I'm not, again, I'm not too familiar with like the whole situation and what's going on. I'm just seeing it from a standpoint, looking outside in, inward. <laughs> to me, it looks like they're just, if, if it goes the route where I'm thinking where they're not going to make new music and they're not going to promote anything pretty much like kind of like what you said, just go here, do a tour here, do a meet and greet, maybe uh, do a like a a show. But it's, it's shit we've already heard before. I think the plan is, dude, like how you were saying earlier, how this is like a 90s group. Well, you know, decades moving in, you know, we're already about to enter in 2022. What if it's like a deal where like. This is how it's like they're purposely trying to split them up and then just get rid of it in these for like for good, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Because you said it yourself, like especially now, what what like I don't know what young youth kid knows anything about Brindis or anything like that. Besides, like you know maybe their mom the old, playing the old know, tricks. Playing. Yeah. So, what if this is like a way for just trying to just killing this era off like once and for good? Yeah, I mean they're kind of doing it, especially with uh, the record label Fonovisa. I think they're based in Los Angeles. I could be wrong. They could be based in Mexico, but Fonovisa has a lot of fucking 90s groups on board. I think uh, Mojado. Um, there's a few other ones I, c- I can't think of. Uh, Aroni, su grupo Ilusión. They have a few other people on there. But the thing is that when these groups are putting out tracks, they're all fucking duets. Mm-hmm. With like right coming up stars that are in their 20s, that are in their maybe 30s. I don't know, like banda stars, like fucking Sierreño. Or like guys that be singing with the, you know, the three dudes with the guitars and shit <laughs> like that going hard. with One guy with the tuba. Yeah. Um, so that like those dudes are doing collabs or like duetos, but here's the thing that, that pisses me off though, is that when they do that stuff, they're not new songs. They're just old songs. It's like, that's the, that's one thing that I kind of fucking hate about this whole signing with uh, Azteca because I have a feeling 
Brindy's 40th anniversary is coming up in two years. I have a feeling they're going to fucking do Vas a Sufrir, Te Esperare, you know the songs that we know, Amor Prohibido, the one you like. They're going to do that shit in a fucking Norteño con sax version with La Maquinaria Norteña, La Energia Norteña. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're probably going to get some stupid-ass fucking 40th anniversary shit with, like, Norteño music added onto it and, like, a dueto. But let me ask you this. Let's say if that is what happens and the numbers are looking good, would you still hate? It's gonna get them. It's gonna get them out there more, but it's gonna kill off their momentum of like releasing the new tracks. Kind of like I told you, they, they they've been writing music and they they've been doing their thing again, like they did back yeah. in the nineties. They wrote. They already have the album ready. The album's ready. So, but that CD is gonna sound like Brindis. It's gonna sound like old Brindis from like the early two thousands and stuff like that. So, but like if they did a dueto with the Maquinaria and Ergia, like I wouldn't mind it. But the guy's voice is not memorable like when you when you hear that guy's voice his name is andy you don't think about brindis if you hear the other guy's voice with <laughs> that nigga right now <laughs> yeah, yeah you hear that nigga right there i mean you think about brindis <laughs> of course Th- yeah but like i'm saying that this dude is gonna use that he's gonna be like if he goes on a maquinaria track and he's he's a, he's featured on there and he's singing people are not gonna know who he is right away but they're not gonna associate his voice with brindis but they're gonna be like probably like okay yeah yeah he sounds all right Maybe, maybe, and then that's what I'm saying. He's going to end up leaving the group. Because the same thing happened with Conjunto Atardecer, who, who was a group from uh, the 2000s, who was a Duranguense group. Dude that was there, um, I forgot his name. Madrigal, I forgot his first name. But he left the group in like 2000, 2010, 11, or something like that. Maybe 2012, around there, early t- 2010s. Uh, he left the group and he started doing his own thing. As con Norteño con sax with the saxophone and all that shit, doing better than he was doing with the Durangense group. If they do hit you up, and they do want to make some artwork, would that rub you off the wrong way? Even though they already have a group, like specialized to do shit like that, or would you just let bygones be bygones and? No, because that's- like that's the that's the thing that um I kind of want to clear up with. I wanted that cleared up um with the guy in charge of the group, Mauro, yeah. who owns the group. He's the one in charge. He's the one. He's the director behind everything. Like because, like he, I said, dude. I've, for, like as long as I've known you, I've always seen you do artwork for them for like the longest like time period, dude. So like, yeah, I've been doing their stuff for six, seven years. But but like I said, um, if if they do hit me up, I'm pretty sure it's gonna be somebody from the record label, not uh, not them specifically. Because like I said, once I'm pretty sure once you sign that deal, I think it becomes like well, okay, well I record these tracks and I send them over to the to the record label, I don't think it's like there's anything going on between. Like I'm pretty sure everybody at the record label is like. I think with something even like that though, like <laughs> you're like one of the top for sure. And I'm not just saying this because you know we're friends and we're on the podcast. Like I mean this just like a, like a, for like for reals. Like you're one of the best like graphic designers that I fucking know. And you're talking about how you know going to school, you know this and this is expensive as fuck. <laughs> When I was, now that I'm about to graduate here um, next Saturday, I actually had to take a, a graphics design class. We didn't do Photoshop. I think we did uh, Adobe Illustrator or something like that. But even then, that was just fucking hard enough to learn, dude. So the fact that you've like known, like known and mastered this fucking program, like props to you, dude. Because like even you don't like, with the skills that you have, and then also, if y'all think I'm just fucking lying, like... This is how you know, like, as far as for the podcast itself, it's stepped up even, like, just a huge... It's taking a big step. Beforehand, like, I... 
with my old partner in the show, well, when I was doing Strong Talk Weekly, we had no graphic designer. We had nothing. Like, we kind of just had to do everything ourselves. And I just did, like, a simple, you know, the dollar sign, typical triangle of the eye, and then just the back background. And, like, it was that simple. But if you guys look at our, you know, cover art now, I have to shout out that boy, Sawrex, because he's the one who did the whole fucking, the cover art for this, you know, I guess, I don't know what you call it, season three or the new beginning of this fucking podcast itself. So I wouldn't even trip, dude, if you ever go to, like, a huge company or anything like that. Like, oh, we need to see, you know, these, like, certificates or degrees or that something that shows us, you know, like, what you've, like, done. Because, dude, I'm telling you, bro, your artwork itself speaks alone. And, like, and, you, don't, you don't need to show like. Yeah, funny thing is uh, when I've seen some work that Fonovisa does or um, companies in Mexico. Like, these could be big-name companies. They, they got, like, big bands and stuff like that. Yeah. Fucking millions of uh, followers on Spotify and listeners and shit like that. But, I mean, there's stuff sometimes, like, I'm not going to totally, totally criticize them, but some of their stuff looks, like, really uh, simple, lazy, and, like, that doesn't like to be me. Like, I mean, like, the cover that I did for Potorama, I kind of went off of bullet points. Like, I go, oh, we talked about we want to fucking, uh, we're talking about Pink Floyd and that shit like that. So, it's, it took inspiration of that, Futurama on the logo. Um, but, like I, like I said, I just went off of what I imagined it looking like. The same thing. I learned all of my Photoshop and Illustrator by myself. I never, um, I started during high school. And from there, like, I learned the basics. I, we used to take computer class. And I learned the basics. But from there, I went home. And I was like, fuck, I'm going to download Photoshop. Started fucking around with it. And, um, and how, how would you practice? Like, how would you how I, would you practice on each platform? I, like, Photoshop and then Illustrator. I think when Illustrator started with... Um, well, Illustrator was a little bit later. I think I knew Photoshop about two, three years before I knew Illustrator wanted to because it was a little hard. As soon as you open it and you see that fucking white canvas, you're like, well, I don't know what the fuck to do. Um, but then, um, yeah, Illustrator came later on. I think around the uh, time when I started doing stuff for wrestling podcasters, I started doing their logos and stuff like that. They started giving me ideas. Um, and I would just go on there and fucking draw it the way they wanted it. Colors. Uh, I mean, The first things I asked up front, any colors, any specific colors, colors that I should stay away from, any inspiration uh, that I should take from other logos. Like, not legit fucking copy them, but I of mean, course. like, just give me an inspiration of logos you like, and uh, I'll do something similar, or I'll do something, you know, to your liking, especially with the colors you give me. Any ideas, any other ideas you want to add stars on there, if you want to add your name on there, any, any specific date, anything like that. Um, but Photoshop, I think, started off, well, during high school, I started messing around with uh, uh, flyers for local nightclubs and that's where i started i did <laughs> start them young and shit <laughs> yeah no no i started messing around i started messing around and I think, the, I think the most difficult thing back in the day on photoshop was uh cutting around subjects having to do all the fucking zoom in cut like erase around the fucking hair like to make sure all the white in the background was away you know what it's since you said that someone who started from like what it started from till now is it is it more easy to learn Photoshop now or was it, or is it still the same as when you first learned? Here's it. Okay. I, I'll say it's easier a little bit now. Uh, there's a lot more tools on there uh, to make it, make the job a little bit easier, especially like that. Like I said, back then it was like zooming in on every fucking detail and having to mark it away, like delete this, delete that. Uh, now there's an option. Um, I think it's in the located in the select tab and you put select and you hit subject and it'll just outline the guy right away mm. by itself. You don't have to do any manual, this and that. After that, you just invert it and delete and you'll have your guy. 
but yeah, I mean, but here, here's the thing. Uh, with the Brindis situation, let me go back to that. The Photoshop designer that they have is not really good. And I've criticized this guy publicly and I've had shit thrown at me on Facebook. I've actually had like people coming after me in my fucking DMs on, on Facebook Messenger because I criticized <laughs> the guy. I, and, and, hey, fuck and it, it's that dude, not, Rex. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not because, um, Too funny. like, I want to shit on the guy, but I shit on the fact that you don't even try. I have to work. You know, I, I still go to my to my day to day job, day to day job, still day go to day, day to day, still go to that, but I still have time to do graphics. Um, the volcan and eruption cover art that I did took three hours. This fucking guy that works for them runs their Facebook, runs their Instagram, runs their YouTube, runs their Twitter, runs all that shit for them. Doesn't work. He's at his fucking computer all day. Dude, go to fucking YouTube and learn some Photoshop skills. Like, this dude legit, like, I, I know you've seen bad uh, Photoshop work, and most of it comes from, like, I'm not trying to be racist because I'm, I'm Mexican myself, but, like, Mexicans are so fucking lazy when it comes to doing Photoshop on the computer, dude. They put the fucking dude, like, floating up in the sky, <laughs> you know, with, like, clouds around them. You, yeah, know, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, And, like, about, there's dude, no, yes. like, there's no depth to the fucking image. Like, when I do my graphic work, and I've showed you, I had shadows. If there's a fucking uh, light source here of a sun... I uh, add a little bit lighting on their face to make it look like the sun's beaming on their fucking face. Maybe from there, put some shadows on the opposite Attention side. Attention to detail, pretty much yeah, what yeah, you're yeah. saying. Yeah. Like, I like taking my time and doing all that stuff. These niggas are like, well, <laughs> let me just put this guy here, this guy here, this guy here. Let me let, let me put the name of the track here. To put the name of the track, here comes the logo in front, and that's it. The funniest one was that one where you were like, uh, it was like, I don't remember what group it was, but it was like this big group and like... It had their name and like homeboy's face was like covered off like with the fucking lettering shit. Yeah, dude. <laughs> oh, that was Danny Seto Molina. Oh, um, was too fucking cover funny, art. Man. Yeah, but like I said, uh, from not going to school though, I think my graphic design shit would be way, way, way better and more detailed. And I think I would do it quick too. Already knowing all that, and there's like shortcuts and you can take and shit like that. But of what I've, what I know now, like when you look at my Photoshop, I guess from like back in the day. 2012, 13, 14. My shit was like a layer here, a layer there, a layer there. Now, that's just like a group here. has like 20 items there. A group here, 20 items there. Those could be lighting effects. Those could be curves, levels, brightness. I mean, like, I started learning. Like I said, I, all that shit is like more advanced. But people are too lazy to learn it. But I learned that by myself, like fucking around with Photoshop, getting better at it by myself. Like sometimes there was times I didn't even have to look up tutorials on, on Photoshop, on YouTube. I just, you know, did it as I go. And, like, you've never been, like... Well, better yet, do you have, like, an Instagram or anything where people could find your work? I'm actually starting to upload my work on DeviantArt. I never had one, a DeviantArt. But I, can, I think I'm thinking about using it as a portfolio. I'm going to be uploading all my JD from NY stuff on there. A lot of... Some stuff I did for Solo Monster. Most of all my uh, Brindy stuff. I did, I did a lot of work for, like I said, the past six, seven years. Especially after uh, JD, he shouted me out um, a few times in the past. He's still doing it now. Uh, I did two shirt designs for him. Um, I don't know if you saw them. The NWO designs. Um, those were quick. And people think... Look, here's the thing. People think that shit's hard. Like photo, Photoshop and all that stuff. But once you know what you're doing, you can get that shit done quick. In the beginning of his uh, podcast the other day... when I mean, Not a podcast, but he was doing a live stream. Uh, he mentioned how he wanted a... Um, he was talking about the NWO and saying something remembered him of that shit. When he was watching, I think, AEW. I don't know if it was on SmackDown or Rampage. What show it was. But he said something about 
This reminds me of the back in the NWO days and this and that. I should get an OTS shirt like that. I probably hit Celrex up. As soon as I heard that shit, I got on a, I got on my computer, dude, and I did that shit in like thirty minutes. Dude, it was hard, but you I copied the uh, where it says New World Order at the bottom. Yeah. How it has like a uppercase, lowercase, and all that shit. I had to copy that, dude. And that took that took a little bit of time, but like I said, once you already know, como, como te dije, like as soon as he said that, he's like, "Well, I would like one in white that says this, and I would like one in red that says this." I did this shit quick. I think uh, I've been doing his work since like 2018, maybe 2017. It's been a while that I've been doing JD's work, but um, he used to shout me out a lot. And dude, my fucking Instagram and my Twitter were like full of fucking messages. Like, there was times when I wouldn't watch the raw review if I was at work, right? Like, if I was at work, didn't watch raw review, and he would shout me out during the show. And uh, as soon as I got home, there was like fucking forty three DMs. Damn. Yeah, there was a lot. That's what's people. Up. People just asking me like, "Hey, I'm, a, I'm a, I want to do a podcast." But the, the, an issue with, that I had with these people though, some of them never had money, and they wanted to be that type that was like, "Oh, give me the artwork, and I'll pay you afterwards." Like, let me know I'm not getting scammed type of shit. And I, I'm, I fell for it once, but I thought the guy was cool. Uh, I mean, we're, we're talking beforehand, so I, I didn't really know the guy, but I mean, we were talking back and forth, wrestling shit. And, uh, but I, yeah, I sent him some artwork over and he never paid me. The other people, they were cool. I'd, um, I did like maybe, I'd have to say maybe like 14 or 16, uh, Photoshop jobs for podcasters who were doing wrestling related stuff. It was hard, dude, because they they were doing the uh, the video, the um, they were doing the video uh, how they had the the webcam in front of them, and then they would have like a layout on the side. You you seen the one for JD on Wednesdays, right? The one with the him and his friend yeah. and okay, so like that. But damn, dude, it was getting hard because I, I was running out of ideas. Because these people were like, just oh yeah, I want this and that. I want this for Raw and I want this for SmackDown. I want the Raw one to be red and I want SmackDown one to be blue, this and that. But they wouldn't give me ideas, and see that's the issue that I had. They, they, there was like no ideas being thrown at me like oh maybe maybe i want some wrestlers on the side maybe i want like just barbed very wire. vague on what they want and shit. Yeah, yeah so then i got to that point where it's like everything felt that i was every job that i was doing felt like i was like not trying to do it on purpose but i felt like i was copy pasting so mm. much like everything looks so identical like if i pulled everything up from the 16 17 jobs that i did gra- graphic design related to like p- other podcasters and people uh, covering uh, wrestling, they they all fucking look the same. Mo- most of them did. Uh, like I said, it was never done on purpose. But yeah, it, it it started getting hard because, like I said, people wouldn't fucking give suggestions on like what they wanted to look like. Has there been anything like like your favorite genres of work, like whether that be music or whether that be wrestling? Is there like a specific like? Uh, I think my favorite have has been um, cover arts. You you can kind of experiment with it a little bit. Kind of like uh, when Brindis told me that the song was going to be called Volcan and Erupción. First thing I thought about was a fucking volcano. I asked him <laughs> and he, I was like, do you want a fucking volcano in the background yeah. going off? And, you know, I had a first that cover art I did in three hours. But the first idea I had for the cover art was even way better. But he didn't like it. It was um, them standing next to like a fucking um, highway on top, like above a highway. And you see the fucking volcano and you see the, the lava coming down. So kind of like getting not close to the burning them, but I mean like it was coming down. Yeah, I see, and they were on top of a highway, um, and I had like a red glowing effect behind them. And uh, but that was the very first one. And after that, I just decided to put them on a fucking island, away from the the volcano. The volcano <laughs> seen in the background. You see the water, and they're standing on the other side of the island. 
but that was all at the top of my head that whole fucking like imagining it hmm. but like, i just the only thing i had to know was if there was going to be a volcano involved that's <laughs> the only thing i asked him he's like yeah yeah that bon volcano in the back i'm like all right if people do want to reach out and maybe see or contact you for artwork where can they reach you at uh they can go to deviant art um I don't have my information on there yet, like where they can contact me, but I'll be sure to put my uh, email, maybe a business phone number, because I have a second number that I use just for that, uh, for Photoshop inquiries and stuff like that. So I'll put my second number up there. If you need any like shirt designs, any if you're you're starting up artist, like if you want a single cover, an album cover, if you want some promotional art for your uh, Facebook or Instagram to promote like a new single coming out and stuff like that, I'll be able to do that. If you have a YouTube channel, I can revamp it banner banner art profile photo anything like that and if you're a if you're an artist or if you're a band uh i'd recommend you have like uh studio photo shoots if you have like where you model and shit like that in front of like a white white a white background or a green background or something Mm -hmm. like that stuff like that um like that's what brindis does um they do send me like fucking shit ton dude like the two times I've, i've worked with brindis on doing albums and single covers bro they send me like every but in total, I think they have like 500 photos of them. That's a yeah, lot to no, fucking yeah, bad, edit. Dude. When I was uh, like barely doing like my little photography shit, like on for Instagram, nothing like crazy, like nothing for agency, but just like for fun. I never realized how um, the burst effect or like, you know, just getting all those fucking photos. Like, like if I even show you right now, I remember when my cousin Frank came over and uh, from Cali and we did like a little photo shoot in Dallas. I kid you not, bro. There's like at least 2000 photos of just like. Is oh it, shit, is the, the one fucking I, volcano. Yeah, the, the top <laughs> one is the one I did, and the bottom one is the one that um, their graphic designer that runs their social media does. You see what I mean? Like, he just puts these motherfuckers on there. He puts a text on top, and he just splatters a logo on there. That's all he did. I like how you did the compare and contrast, like, with the lighting, like, how it, you know, you got the volcano, and then on, like, towards the right side, it's like, you see the sun, but it's, like, covered with the, like, fucking the smoke and all smoke that stuff. and clouds and shit. Yeah, you did a good job, dude. I don't know why. But it, maybe it's just me, but the nigga on like the very far left with the gray uh-huh. on the second <laughs> his, one, his, his, head. his head looks a little bit bigger. <laughs> you see it? No, but but you see what I mean? It's like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that was just me. No, it's this... no, no, it's because uh, they try to measure up, measure him up to be the size of the other guys, but he's a lot shorter. Yeah. He's the shortest guy there. Um, I don't know. That head threw me off. But. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you see, what, that, that that's the thing. That's the issue I have with that one graphic designer they have um, is because he doesn't edit them. He doesn't. Um, I like doing like if anybody out there has like all this fucking acne or whatever, like anybody listen to the podcast and you need graphic work like photo, photo if retouching. You need, if you're from a four, you want to look like a 10, hit up my boy. <clears throat> that's right. So, um, yeah, but these guys, I mean, usually when they had me doing their uh, graphic work, they'll be like, see. Take off the fucking wrinkles. Take off this and that. So I always give them like this, um, this overtouch. I have a an action on Photoshop. You can just hit play, and it'll clean up their face. And after that, I just go and edit little things. Uh, that's one of the works that I enjoy the moist, the moist. <laughs> <laughs> Getting moist, boy. Getting wet. Fucking uh, Boston <laughs> Jersey ass nigga. <laughs> Getting moist. It's my problem. My favorite was moist. <laughs> <laughs> Go Patriots, baby. Hey, um. God damn it, Charlie. <laughs> you know what? This motherfucker is one of the biggest Patriots fans that I fucking know, dude. Holy shit. That's too funny. And you know, uh, it started, um, I started being a Patriot fan just to 
take a dig at my brother because um i think it was 2006 or 7 the patriots faced the cowboys and i think that's um one of the first times i i saw a full game uh we used to play like a lot of madden growing up and stuff like that and then i just um we we saw that game and i was just going for fucking patriots and you know what's funny uh the patriots Ever ever since this last game that they lost to the Cowboys, they had they had never lost to the fucking Cowboys since '96. So like I like I like the way the Cowboys celebrated, like they won a fucking trophy. Like oh shit, man, we finally fucking did. <laughs> you know what I'm saying Super Bowl winning shit. <laughs> I'm looking right now at my fucking team score. Um, for those that don't know, I'm a huge fucking Raiders fan, and I think we're barely in the first quarter, and we're at zero to seven. So fucking Chiefs, we're gonna take the win. But I know last week we lost, so. I don't know, man. Like going back to the Vicente Fernandez. Yeah. Now that uh, that genre, I mean, that's I ever, ever like now that it, that he has passed, like that fucking genre is all his. Like he's the king of it. Nobody's ever gonna top him in that. People can like debate like if Alfredo Jimenez was better, or other singers from back in the day were better. But I mean, this guy fucking grinded until the end. He was still singing, um, at eighty, eighty, eighty one. I don't know when his birthday was, uh, but there was a here, here's here's one thing that I'm hoping gets buried under the fucking ground. No, no fucking pun or anything to be sent. Yeah. <laughs> no, <Dumb. no. laughs> yeah, yeah. But is a situation an incident that he was in back in January? I don't know what was going through the guy's head. I don't. Um, but he was grabbing on this girl's boob. I don't know if you saw the video, you saw the clip, but he was taking a picture with a fan. The girl wasn't underage. She was, well, I don't think she was, but she, uh, she was like 18, 19. Taking a picture with a fan and he was like holding her from the back and he was kind of grabbing her boob. He's kind of touching it. He wanted to get a little feel. I would have done that with a better looking girl or like a bigger tit. Yeah. But, you know, this dude's over here like touching and he was on the news and they were calling him Puerto and they were all this shit. So I'm <laughs> guessing... I don't know if all that shit will be buried, but I don't want it I'm to pretty, be. I'm pretty sure. I don't, it will I don't be. want it to be that situation of like years from now. Oh, but remember when he was sexually? You know what I'm saying? No, I don't think. I mean, look at Michael Jackson, dude. Remember? When but they're he, still bringing it up. Like when he died, <laughs> everybody shut I, up. About everybody it. shut the fuck uh, up about yeah. it. And then uh, years later, and they're bringing it back up. Oh, he touched me. But at the end of the day, it's like I don't know, bro. I don't. I don't think. I think that's gonna. That'll blow over, bro. I think his his success and his like legacy is just gonna. I don't know. I can't speak for him. I don't know. But only time will fucking tell. You know. Same thing has been happening with Lalo Mora. He's uh he's that dude that I showed you that he's like making out with these fucking fans, fucking old ass dude. Like, you know, straight yeah, up fucking making fuck, out. Dude. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But like these fucking women, they know how he is. They know how he is. But he's they're still going up there and fucking giving him hugs and giving him cheek kisses and shit like that. Trying to give him a cheek kiss and dude's like, no, hell no, bitch. He's turning your head. You <laughs> <laughs> man. Yeah. That's, I mean, shit, props to him, dude. Like, not like for doing those kinds of actions, but like just not giving a fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to do what I he, he, he was probably like, he saw that one music video that I showed you. The fucking dude in his 50s and the girl, like, fucking huge Bro, ass. That, that shit doesn't fucking make sense to me, like, with music videos. Like, especially the fucking Mexican culture, bro. Like, Almost every music video that I know, it's like it's like the main singer. It's usually always the main singer, and the like the like the super bad, like super hot thought, like you know what I'm saying that you know is damn fucking well. They're never like I don't know, bro. You know the typical 
you know, Coke bottle, big tits, big ass, small waist type deal. And then this nigga's like 50, 60, you know, wrinkled up, like obese. Like, bro, come on, dude. Like, make it a little bit more like. <laughs> if you want to know what song we're talking about, it's called uh, El Sonido de Tu Corazón by Sonido Master. Look up that music video. Yeah, uh, dude, this lady has some big tits. She was probably 18 or 19. And the homeboy just, it didn't match. It, it doesn't match, bro. And like, I hate that, like, the culture, like, our culture does that a lot. Like, it just doesn't fucking make sense bro and i mentioned this to you um if you see any mu- musicians like around that age 40s and 50s they're usually doing music videos with people their age mm-hmm. in their 30s and 40s and 50s they're not doing this this nigga over here fucking 18 year old like hold on you're 17 today hold on tomorrow you 18 all right you're gonna be in my video <laughs> <laughs> like that situation like what the fuck but hey like you said sex sells i think that yeah definitely <laughs> it's um I don't know how, I don't know if anyone's really paid attention to like how much it's influenced music. Let me just state this right now. Even from the twenties, the thirties, the forties, up till now, there's always been a song, a, 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 a quote unquote, a dirty song, whatever you want to consider dirty. But like, remember that song from the thirties with like some black lady talking about, like, yeah, she's a cow, suck my tits, all the shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, if you suck my pussy, baby, I'll suck your dick. I'll do it to you, honey, till I make you shit. Oh, baby. I'm telling you, every decade or so, every decade, every half of a decade, or Mm -hmm. even years, whatever you want to call it, but every generation, there's always been like a dirty song. I don't know if this is just me just talking on my ass or whatever, but I have a lot of people saying, oh man, rap sucks nowadays, this, and it's all, you know, it's just a bunch of girls, you know, going up there shaking ass, shaking, you know, you know, you need a hot bitch, you know, you need 12 of them or whatever this to make, you know, to have like a good music video, just a good song or whatever. But I think that like, the 80s, maybe a little bit after the 70s, is like real responsible for what, not responsible, but play a huge influence on what music is now today's, bro. Because like I'm telling you, I didn't see the Beatles or anything like pulling up with like hoes and their music videos and shit. But like the 80s, like all that synth, whatever, Miami, bitches and bikinis and all this stuff, like started putting them into, you know, fucking movies, yeah, and music videos and shit. Especially and like, in movies. There was a lot. Remember in the 80s, there was a lot of fucking like... There wasn't a comedy movie without a fucking scene of like a girl showing her tits or like running around like a horror movie. You yeah. remember and like running around her tits bouncing or like a comedy movie. Same thing. Like there was a sex scene here and there. So, I mean, I'm, uh, I personally don't know, but I feel like with sex selling it also alongside change what music is today, because even if you like, like, you know, like back in the day, let's talk about even before, you know, modern like era type deal where even even before the night, like 18, 1900, whatever she would like Beethoven or like fucking uh, Mozart. Of course, it's all just classical music, but like they weren't like, you know, having a bitch like, you know, twerk on like on the piano and shit. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or like shit like that. Like, I mean, I don't know. It's crazy. It's so crazy to see how much music has changed, like for what it is today. And like, yeah, bro, sure. Almost every fucking song nowadays. With the rap, with the rappers, it. Kind of like the Young Dolph situation. I got gunned down. Yeah. Or like any any other rapper like going through that situation of like being gunned down, being you beat got the like fuck up, stuff like that. Pulling around They're with always them. fucking trying to start beef that like there's no reason for on like tracks. And they start talking shit like, well, this and that. And I pulled out this and I pulled out my gun. You don't want to show up because they. With music, bro, it's more than just like a song. Like, I don't know how like. I've always said this and I will always, I always, I will live and die by this. There's a difference when you listen to music and you appreciate in a song 
And there's a difference when you make music and you appreciate a song because there's those are two different eardrums that like another perspective won't get. They're getting what the artist wants them to feel. And that's like a part of that. Those three minutes, those, you know, two, uh, three to four minutes or whatever, especially like in the, like the rap music. You know what I'm saying? You're going to work, you know, your little nine to five, a little bit above minimum wage, but you're talking about like, yeah, I'm gonna get the gat. You know what I'm saying? Got a key in the trunk. You know what I'm saying? Post sucking my dick and all this other shit. Like, yeah, you're like, you know, yeah, driving yeah. up. <laughs> but like, again, two different eardrums, but like, oh man, that music sucks. Like, it's just this and this and that. And like, you know, I could have did that and blah, 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 blah. Like, well, then fucking do it, dude. Because like, the thing is like, bro... It's not so much the artist. Well, it's it's so much into a song, bro, that I feel like people just never fucking look at like the elephant in the room, like the work behind it, all the levelings, the EQs, the shit you have to do, the lyrics sometimes plays a part, depends on what artist you listen to. I don't, I don't know, bro. Like I have I I hate how like some people just are like uh, I I don't want to say clueless, but don't appreciate that when it comes to tracks. Like me, I love music sure i do have my opinions like i don't like specific genres like i don't like country I, music island like, boy the thing is like even if you don't like a specific genre or whatever or a specific artist or whatever it be to you you still have to give some credibility like damn that person did it like you were just talking about the island boys like because i'm an island boy like you know what i'm saying like i personally don't care for them but i can't hate on them either because they have changed their life with that stupid fucking freestyle, dude. Mm. That's coming from a person who's made music. And I wish I could have got something like that out of it versus like how you were like, oh, it's just fucking Island Boy, you know, yeah, fuck them niggas, you know, just, you know, rapping and doing this. Like, that's the, I guess that's the line where I'm trying to say where like it separates like people who make and people who don't make, they don't see the either the after effects, the work in. Cause I mean, it wasn't really work put in, bro. Cause they <laughs> yeah. just in a jacuzzi. It's just fucking gibberish just, that they're you know, saying, too. I know to a lot of people listening, like what I'm saying is, I don't guess it's not really making that much sense, but like when you really appreciate and like, well, you know what? I think one thing I really fucking hate that people say, and I don't hate the people. I just hate that they say this and they don't live by this though. It's like music is everything to me. Like without music, there wouldn't be this and this and that, or like there wouldn't be like, I wouldn't be this way or I wouldn't be that way. And like, cool. But then those are also the same type of people that are like shitting heavy on other artists and other this and this and that. Like it pisses me off, bro, because like sometimes I feel like people like to bandwagon a lot of shit. Like, for example, like I could be a fucking hypocrite. I was like, yeah, bro, I love Brindis, bro. I've always like, I've heard them since I was a kid. I know every album, every song, but realistically, I'd be lying. And I feel like there's a lot of people that do that just to fit in par with like with what's going on with today's era type of like music, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people like, oh, yeah. Bro. Oh, yeah. Like, I was listening to the stuff when they were undercover and nobody knew about them. Yeah, bro. Like, 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 bro, get the fuck out of here, dude. Like, no, you fucking weren't. <laughs> or like, like they would say like, yeah, bro, without music, bro, you know, I wouldn't be the way I am, like positive this and then they're, they're still out there bitching and, you know, griping and like, so what, like, what are you trying to prove? Or, like, what are you trying to say? Like mm-hmm. that, like, I you appre- see, you see it as like, split between like you appreciate it as the way of like coming up with the how you said before it's fucking hard to like come up with your own style own beat on own genre like try to do something different uh but at the same time you appreciate the lyrics like with the words the meaning of it it's a it's all it takes two to tango bro if you if you're a single tango artist which but i mean like you're your own producer you make your own beats you make your own lyrics like when you're that type of person, that type of creator or artist or whatever you want to be, that's like such a different fucking talent that a lot of people can't fucking achieve. So going back, it, it pisses me off sometimes where like 
I personally, and I'm, I'm guilty of it too. Like there are specific like country, like country music. I don't fuck with it at all. And I don't like it, but just because I don't like this doesn't like, it's hard to create something and put it on something like a put on, put on a piece of paper, create a sound, create an image, like what you're doing and shit. And like, I don't know, like for me, for those that say like, bro, music is everything. Music is my life. Like I love this and this, but they don't appreciate like a simple genre, like genre as like in classical music or like orchestra or just even just all vocal, like, like acapella or things like that, duet. Um, it's like, if you, a person who loves and enjoys music, you should love it all. If that makes sense. You know, if you're a music person and you live by it, you should love it all, bro. Whatever genre it be, you don't have to like the genre, but you should at least appreciate it. If you are saying what you're saying, if that makes sense, we wouldn't have any of this if it wasn't for like woodwind, brass, uh, instruments, even if you go back more to like a more primitive state, we wouldn't be, we wouldn't have any of this if we've never experimented with sounds, with echoes, with environments and how like you can change a pitch of a specific, I don't know, maybe I'm going way too, too in debt. It's not making sense, but like, it's just. But like we, we owe all that to dating back. Like anything that we have now, we owe it to the nineties. We owe it to the eighties going back to it, the seventies like, and sixties. Yeah. To prove that I'm that I'm not just stunning, I for sure I I'm one of those like small percentages that I really fuck with classical music heavy for sure. My favorite composer, and shout out to him because I was trying to look for an interview and I could not find any interviews for him. But I'm probably gonna butcher his name, but his name is Tashifumi Hinata. He's like a Japanese like uh, composer, like when it comes to like uh, classical like you know type of like music. And bro, like dang, and bro. <laughs> <laughs> and like you know how like every year they uh they do like a like spotify or youtube does like the yearly recap of what you listen to the most and like this and this and that like they say i only listen to 123 minutes but bro i know it's like over like five or six hundred minutes bro because like, i usually listen to that like every other day and i try to switch up what i listen to like whether it be like rap i don't know like edm or like fucking rock or like deathcore or like oldies mexican music like I don't know, bro. It's just a different sound and just it's always a different experience. It's a good it's a good feeling when you can see the song in your mind and you can feel it, if that makes sense. Yeah. And to put that on to make that to create that, bro, like just alone, like I think that's what pisses me off when people shit on specific people or specific artists. Like, but again, I'm I, I come from making music, so like I see music way different than just a song and then just like a beat and like lyrics. Like there's so much to it that I see that like I like to pick apart music. When I hear a new song that I haven't heard, I cut like in my mind it's like surgery. I like to cut apart like while it's playing, like, oh shit, I hear this sound and oh I hear this specific sound in the background and oh the tempo is like this and this and like you can tell how like the fucking engineer, you know, match the the EQs like to match like the same compress it with the fucking the beat itself, like but to any other person, it's like, damn, bro, this song goes hard as fuck. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to explain, bro. Like, probably none of that makes sense. If you want it to make sense, make music, and then you'll fucking understand what I'm saying, bro. Because it's a lot of fucking work to make a fucking track, bro. And it's a lot of fucking hard work, too, when you come from a specific genre, and then you move to a different genre. Mm-hmm. And then try to, like, fucking master that, or get good at that, or, like, try to even get accepted from that community. From, like, you know, even your OG fans. Oh, well, he's doing pop music. I don't fuck with pop. So I'm going to let this artist go like shit like that. It's like, bro, like then I don't know. Like, a good I think exam- I think where that didn't work was uh, Temerarios in 2000, uh, 2002, I think 2002, 2003, when they all split, they started doing pop. It didn't work, though. But you see, that's the thing, because you already have this fucking mentality of like, OK, they've been nothing but cumbia baladas all throughout the 80s and 90s. And now you want to change it. Nobody was on board. They're still doing it now, but 
nobody's like legit on board with uh Demiradios the way they changed their style. So it was like no. That 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 example didn't work for them. That's what I'm saying. Like that like changing their style. I'm not gonna say it's gonna work for everyone or whatever and like everyone is entitled to their opinion. They don't have to like a song and they don't have to like their new music or whatever. But at least support the artist. Like, you know what? If you really are a fan from then, you don't have to like, yeah, bro, I'm going to bump your song every day because I'm a no, fan. No, but like, I get, at least give them props for like trying something different. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I get I get critical. But then when you see um, when you see people on, on like the, the the people that irritate me that you see on YouTube are like, well, yeah, esto, esto es un exitazo. Like, this is a hit. No, it's not. Bro. Like, why are you lying? Why are you lying to yeah. the people? Because if you fucking say that, they're yeah. going to keep doing it. <laughs> because, no, and it's like, okay, I, I, I give it to them in the point of them, like, writing new songs want and risking it, trying trying something new. But, like I said, it didn't work. Like, it doesn't mean that, like, you should get your fucking uh, hopes down and get depressed and not write anything new. But I mean, like, you know, your fans have been wanting for years, like a new cumbia song, a new balada song. But like I said, that's one issue with uh, Temerarios, of course, when they when you, they come. And here's one thing I don't understand. In 2003, they 2004, 2003, 2004, they try to change their style, like I said, to pop. But when you see them live, they're always singing their fucking 90s songs. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like, why the fuck did you try to let that go? But then like in the night um, on tour, you're like, you know, fuck it, man, '90s all the way. Mm-hmm. It's probably yes. trying to like either please the old fans because maybe you know the maybe they're the ones showing up, and then the yeah, new music the, is yeah, new. That's what I'm, I don't know. That's that's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. But like, give us something new. I mean, they they fucking started releasing like symphonic tracks, and then that's one issue that I see most people have with uh, Mexican music is like when they re- uh, they fucking re-release songs and new versions of it. Yeah. Cause uh, there's been a lot of bands that do that. Um, there's like a, like, like I said, like I said for example, Brindis could release like a Norteño con sax, like collaboration like two years from now, and that's what I don't want. But I mean, like it's it's gonna bump, it's gonna hit on the fucking radio, mm. no matter what. But mm. I mean, like with the Merarios, it didn't work. I really hope that they go back to their old style. There's like rumors of them doing a reunion and stuff like that, which I don't want. Um, cause it's not gonna be the same. Cause uh, they've thrown you know, dirt at each other for years. So it's not going to work. I don't know. It worked with bookies Mm. with bookies coming back and doing their fucking tour. And then, um, they actually became the second highest selling, uh, of all time in the United States. They, I think made like $5.1 million or 6.1 million. Yeah. No, it's, it's cool, dude. And I think it's cool when like, it's always a good like feeling for the artists. And like, even as a fan, when like, an artist tries something new and then it creates a new generation of something. No, if new, that makes new sense. fans. Yeah. New like fans. I remember when I was in high school, <clears throat> I was a huge Kid Cudi fan, dude. And something about that kind of music where like, you can like, uh, it was so relatable. I don't know. He opened the doors for this kind of like specific music to like, where even if you hear now, like now on the radio, like, Oh yo, K one Oh four hip hop and R and B type deal. Shit. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> you hear like, there's like so much like I don't know you wouldn't have a juice world you wouldn't have like a little yachty or like all these like talking about like your feelings and shit like that because that wasn't like quote unquote that ain't gangster bro like that ain't hard yeah like, I can definitely see like the hard part where like coming in from like a specific sound and then trying to do pop because like I don't know sometimes I feel like there is like a culture like a uh, line where like mm, yeah because your, just... fan, your fan base is already you know like I said and when they. Did the pop thing, like you said, there could be a fan base for it. 
Like there could be new ears for it. Like maybe kids in their teenage yeah. years probably heard some Temerarios pop. We're like, yeah, this is good shit right here. I don't want to be that old head where he's like, oh man, this music sucks. And I'm like, man, you, this ain't nothing compared to like music I was growing up or blah, 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 blah. Cause to me, that's so, that's such a closed minded type of person, bro. Like music is, I don't know where it's going from here either. But I don't know if you ever seen that episode of Rick and Morty where like, uh, Jerry's in the car and he's like, he's in a simulation and like, all right. And today we're going to play people music or human music. And it's like, do, 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 do. And that was something super fucking dumb and simple. And he's like, this is actually pretty good. Like, <laughs> I don't know where music's going is going to look like or sound like in the next 10 years from now. I don't know. I, I just hope there's always going to be that artists that make music for the people and not just for yeah, the money. Like, if like, that makes but, sense. Yeah. But like I said, también, um, one thing I give props to Brindis Liberación, Los Acosta, they're still around. Even, you know, the 90s, it was like the fucking glory days for them, the golden day, yeah. days for them. It was like hit after hit after hit in the radio, on TVs, interviews, all this shit. But at least they're still doing their thing and they're not changing because they know it's not going to work for that genre. I mean, like, once you're grupero, I mean, Brindis can't change their fucking sound. They can't go to reggaeton, you know. <laughs> they can't do some banda shit because it's not going to work. But they're still holding steady, you know, even... This fucking in 2021. So they're still doing their thing. Haven't changed their style. And uh, that's one thing, like I said, that has to. Because um, now, I guess since we're on the topic of music, we're talking about how uh, you were sending me voice messages like on. Oh, like, I feel like I, I grew up a part of this era or like whatever. When I hear the specific type of like music or like, is my daughter going to listen to the same music that I grew up with? But I'm not going to force along like uh, force her to like, listen to Brindis or anything like that. Like, can you elaborate more to like what you were talking about earlier, how uh, you feel a part of a specific era when you listen yeah, to certain music. Um, so it's kind of like fucking spiritual and shit, but <laughs> I felt like I, um, people are going to say it's fuck, he's fucking crazy. He needs some meds or something. Nah, but <laughs> I felt like I lived in the fifties yeah. or sixties. And some people are like, some, well, this isn't, this isn't, <coughs> isn't even just me. There's like a lot of people have fucking stories that they've had a past life and stuff like that. But like when I hear fifties and sixties music, I get this fucking feeling that, it feels like home or like type of like growing up in that environment. I've had these um, dreams of like this guy, his wife and like some fucking. Um, if I were if I was to say it looked like an old school Boston or old school New York, you know, with the, like the fucking tall apartment buildings. Yeah. The little you see. Remember Godfather, that scene with the oranges? Yeah. yeah. How, how that yeah, looked, yeah, that street yeah. looked and shit like that. Old cars and stuff like that. I remember like that. I have dreams of that, dude, and they like feel so fucking real. But there's something about it when I listen to that old music that makes that relaxes me and kind of like makes me. It's not. I'm not even on drugs, but I mean, like, <laughs> I totally feel like I lived in that era. Hmm. I get that fucking sensation of like, como te digo, like relaxation. Do you, and do you think it's when you hear that music? Let's so for all like the smart smart niggas on here like listening. Let's just say for scientific purposes, quote unquote. Do you just think it's that they captured that sound of that era well enough to where you can imagine that you were a part of that era? Yeah. Yeah, no. Like the like the sound waves? Yeah, like, yeah. You know, I, I know what you mean. Like when you hear 80s and you fucking picture like the neon cars, mm-hmm. uh, neon lights in cars. Or do you fucking... really feel like an no, attachment? No, no, no. no. Like, oh. I, I feel an attachment as in like it feels like if I've heard these fucking songs as they were releasing on like records, vinyls and stuff like that. Like maybe hearing it down. Like walking down a shop and hearing it play out of a fucking restaurant or or, a, hmm. or even a shop, yeah, a store, a grocery store or something like that. 
And I don't know what the fuck would happen if I fell asleep listening to that music. If I would dream about that one dude and his family again. But like I said, I've I've seen this guy in the in a dream, uh, like at least two or three times, and his wife. And I remember the girl so fucking vividly. But like everything's not not fucking black and white, and not like <laughs> right. Like everything's like, not no, black and like white or fucking sh- like. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, like everything's background. not fucking uh, 50s, 60s, like aesthetic, like on a film. But like everything. Hey, like Sarah, get your ass over here. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> with, with, and the fucking voice, <laughs> the voice dubbing in those, in those fucking, uh, they wouldn't even match the lips and they'd be talking. Aren't you from the year 2021? <laughs> <laughs> fuck you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> How the fuck do they know that? <laughs> yeah, but. um, That was too fucking funny, bro. Yeah, no, I, like, like if that. I, like, I don't know if time travel is possible. Pretty sure not. I don't know. Maybe they, they say it is. I don't fucking know. Like, so many things have to happen for time travel to be possible if that's the situation that I'm, that I'm in. But I do believe in reincarnation. I've mentioned this before. If it's a situation that I die now and I fucking get resurrected as a baby 50 years or 40 years. You know, be like, yeah, then, I don't know why. I remember I was like a graphic designer and shit. Yeah, like I was a graphic designer. I was some guy in the 50s with his wife. That's all I remember with the wife thing, because like I said, I, I've dreamt the, this couple, but like I'm the fucking guy. I'm the guy. And I've, I've like I've said, I've, I've dreamt this couple, but it's been like different scenarios inside the fucking little apartment building. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what the fuck? Hey, son, Rex, take a sick and don't call you. I was fucking Al Capone or some shit. <laughs> Too much. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, that. Um, but going back to the music, there's something about 30s, even 30s and 40s that. I don't know. I found like so relaxing, and it's not even like going to like Fallout games. Like I said, um, Fallout has a lot of that fucking old school music. A lot of beautiful songs on there, dude. Seriously. Yeah. And and that and that has and and that game has actually like opened eyes for. And I I one hundred percent respect that they did that. But you know what pisses me off about that too? Mm. Every time you hear a song of that era, I was like, oh hey look, it's a Fallout song. Get, yeah. Like, no, but it's, it's not like. It's like, not no. It's not that you, you think, <laughs> but it's like when you hear it on a fucking yeah. TV, and it's like a song that's not in Fallout, but it has that fucking yeah, the I, fucking I, trumpets and shit. Yeah, I'm like, oh. and the fucking guy, <laughs> fucking spots, with the guys the with the shaky spots. voice and yeah. shit. Nah, dude. <laughs> like a good example, like uh, when I was talking about how like what type of music that I like. Whoever had the idea and whoever made the playlist got all the fucking songs on point, dude. Like. They have so many fucking hits on that song, dude, where it's like when I remember when I first played Fallout, I never played three. I started off with New Vegas. I got so obsessed with that music, dude. Like I would like and, I it, would, and it wasn't like you listened to it before that. No, it never. wasn't like it, okay, may, like maybe I heard a like I told you Ella Fitzgerald song here and there. But it wasn't like I was going out of my way to go to Spotify and put that music on. Mm-hmm. But it's like, oh, you know, that's thirties, that's forties, whatever. But then like that fucking game made you love every single song put it like this you could play gta 5 3 whatever or uh, uh true crime streets of la or i don't know just whatever any game where that has a radio station and it's like at least a good 80 to 250 300 songs you know playing on that but like with fallout bro you can like hear that same song over and over and over on your pit boy walk around and like it doesn't bother you like maybe there's a song like to me, those songs never fucking got old. And then when they came out with the uh, Big Mountain uh, fucking DLC, that jazz, bro, like that, 
Oh man, I was so obsessed with that fucking I, I dude, I would fall asleep to that playlist. Like the Big Mountain playlist. Cause it was like I also appreciate a lot of music with no vocals and just sounds and just like that. And I think Big Mountain captured that way too great, dude. Like, I don't know. Yeah, bro, because that it would have been a shame if I would have grew up and I would have never heard those that those type of songs. And then for me to explore more into those artists and hear more of their other music and shit. At least what I like is that they saved that they didn't let a generation die. I don't know if that's going to happen with our music, the 2000s, like, like, crank that soldier boy, like, in the next 60, like, two, like 2060 yeah, or whatever. Only, like, don't, you're only going to remember that shit when people do compilations of, like, oh, this song came out 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so, so. It, it's going to be wild to see what songs we saved from when we grew up in, you know? Because, mm-hmm. like, I think our parents, like, going back to the Mexican genre, like, Brindis, Acostas, or whatever, like, even, like, with now, um, well, I don't even want to bring that up because it's already too too soon, but, like, um, no, I mean, like, like you're saying, um, our generation is, like, listening to that fucking, like, uh, people in their uh, mid-20s, they're already listening to that older stuff that they grew up with, kind of like I said, um, when I was little, I really didn't like, así como, Los Pasteles Verdes, Los Angeles Azules, well, Angeles Azules may be a track here and there, but, I mean, like, not that much. Yeah. Like now I know fucking like 20, 30 tracks. Back then it was maybe, maybe two songs here and there. But like Los Socios del Ritmo, Vicente Fernandez, I was never like, rest in peace to the man, but I never really like went out of my way to listen to that type of music. Mm-hmm. It, it was just on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you would hear that shit on the radio and stuff like that. But like I never went out of my way to listen to Rancheras. But I do notice a lot como. People that I went to high school with, maybe share like a clip on uh, Facebook or a clip on Instagram, like something, and it has like Bronco or Brindis or Los Acosta. How do you feel like with, um, because <laughs> I like how you said how, you know, our parents' music and then like you have people in the 20s not listening to it. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I think this is like any fucking Mexican story. Like, you know, your parents listen to a specific genre. You don't like it as a kid, but you understand and you start liking it as when you're the older. But with me personally, my dad never forced for me to listen to that music they never yeah. like shove you know you have to like yeah the, he always like, played you have it, a though. lot of people like um you have to like acdc or classic <laughs> rock like blah 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 and then like they grow up like forced and then loving to love that type of genre like yeah like li- little kids and they got the shirt and they got the posters yeah and, you know, like yeah. led zeppelin and all this shit like or i'm not and i'm not t- i'm not discrediting any of them i'm just saying mexicans, is, do, mexicans don't do that how, like yeah mexicans don't force how would i say this like would you ever i know you have a daughter growing up would you ever like not force but put music in front like hey you should listen to this or like this and that or like let's like i said earlier i don't know where music is going to be in the next 10 to 25 years from now is it one of those things where kind of like what we did you know oh well dad used to listen to this when he was like when i was younger i never liked it but now that i like it now that i'm older i'm starting to like it or do Mm -hmm. you feel like you're gonna kind of lead them into like what you like i think it's uh i mentioned it to you how i think generations pass it on it's not forced uh because i'm pretty sure my dad like was listening to a lot of um music that like probably his his dad was listening to like back in the days like a lot of ranchera music and stuff like that vicente fernandez um but my dad like started liking like i said 70s uh, leodan you know what i'm saying the homeboy leodan he's still alive dude <laughs> the homeboy <laughs> leodan he's yeah. still alive yeah but he never forced it on me he never forced it on any of my uh, siblings either. I mean, my brother was the one who uh, gave me a uh, Brindy CD when I was seven or eight. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but before that, I had a uh, like I had cassette tapes. I had like Bobby Pulido cassette tapes, Bronco cassette tapes, Cumbia Kings, stuff like that. Uh, but but it was like maybe songs that I was like, I mean back in the day it was a little bit different. Now we got like, not, I was gonna say MP3. We don't have MP3. Uh, we have um, <laughs> <laughs> we got platforms where you could stream. Uh, we, you yeah, know. you you can just stream it now. Damn, you but brought back, it back. But MP3. back, but <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that shit, Charlie. <laughs> but back in the day, it was like. Uh, do you remember the song that was like, Llévame contigo, aunque tengas que sentir dolor. Mm. So that song, I was, there was like, a, there's like a little VHS fucking, people like, VHS! What's that? Boomer? <laughs> you boomer ass. There, uh, so my dad has a VHS of like me when I was like, I think six or seven, singing that song. And he bought me the cassette. He bought me the cassette tape. I mean, like I said, this was like back when physical media was was big, like CDs, cassettes, MP3s. That was like one of the first ones that I had, that Bobby Polido one, and then from there it went from Azúcar. Remember Azuquita? Yeah, damn, Charlie, bring the fucking back. So, so then that was the second cassette tape I had. After that, I think it was um, uh, Brindis cassette tape, but it was only because there was a song. I gotta show you, like, if I ever find that VHS tape, I gotta see if there's a way I can render it on my computer and like send it to you and show it to you. Sure. There was, uh, I was like, I was like six or seven, like fucking singing Cumbia Kings and singing this and that. And, uh, there was a Brindy song called, uh, Perdóname, which I, I really wish that they would like re-release because that song like really was really fucking good, but they never, um, they never played it at like eventos, like in vivo live events and shit like that. They've never played it or anything like that. They never get, put it on the radio. I liked it. Uh, I was singing that as a kid. So maybe I liked Brindy since I was six or seven. I'm not sure. But, um, like I said, there, there's a, uh. There's that, but then I always liked Bronco as a kid. I always like my mom would play a lot of Paquita La del Barrio. There was a few songs that I would like sing sing with and shit too. But like I said, none of that was ever forced. It was just like music that was playing at home, and um, I think that's the same situation with my daughter. Uh, she's starting to like learn like Selena songs, Bitty Bitty Bomb Bomb and shit like that. But I mean, like it's because my mom plays it at home, or mm-hmm. I play it. I play Brindis, or sometimes like the songs that your brother likes, fucking. Fucking Sony Little Music, fucking. Real quick, who has your favorite? Who has the best tag? Like probably them. Yeah, them that fucking weepy. (laughs) Weepy. (laughs) No, I'm sorry. They they do that, and then they they say that. So their whole thing, fucking Grupo Cual is. uh, Abuelita, soy tu nieto. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking stupid. (laughs) Grandmom, your fucking grandson. I'm here, bitch. <laughs> they say that, and then they always say, yeah. No, and you know what's funny? All the Sony Little groups do that shit. All of them. All of them. Not even the just them. It's like Grupo, Kien, Kien, Kien. Or like Somos Los de Aquino. So <laughs> th- their fucking band name is like From Here, Not. De Aquí, No. So Donde Son, De Aquí, No. Like, you some stupid shit. I don't fucking know. <laughs> They always got that fucking DJ in the back. Saludo. <laughs> but, but so that that music wasn't that big when I was little. But when when I was uh, around that age, six seven, uh, El Paso de Gigante was hidden. Yeah, yeah, That shit, that shit was hidden. Two thousand, two thousand three, around there. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I listened to a lot of that shit. Growing up, wasn't forced though. Um, I started to like a lot of ASCIs. There's a lot of groups, like a lot of different, like little styles 
it was all Mexican music, but I mean, it was like different styles. I was never big into like American music. Maybe it was my, my brother who was playing a lot of country, but my brother was weird. I mean, my brother would play country. Uh, my brother, Pete, uh, he would play country. And then all of a sudden he would play Norteña con sax, la rieleros. And then he would like switch back and forth with those. He used to like a lot of invasores, cardenales and stuff like that. So that music was always played in my house. Um, it was a lot of, but like, that's music that I like now. And like I said, but it, it, I don't think it was forced. It was just like hearing it all the time, liking it. And as you grow up, and I think you mentioned this like a long time ago, but you start to appreciate the lyrics. Yeah, of course. The definitely. words. The, the and, then, and the thing that people stop doing nowadays that you hear in corridos is people don't like telling stories anymore. They just like saying like, I can't handle coming, you know, cerveza and my fucking jewelry, yeah, and chains, my car, and my blind. bitch. Yeah. You know, like. Back then, it was like a story, man. Like, they would tell you, like, I walked into this bar. I met this girl. I thought I'd never see her again. I went back. I tried to go out with her, but she was taken. Now that nigga's heartbroken. Something like that. Or it's like, I lost this girl. I can't stop thinking about her. I'm crying. I hope she takes me back. Something like that. I mean, there used to be a story. Every fucking song. It doesn't matter what genre. I know most of the songs, I think you mentioned one time, they, they kind of always have that fucking beginning and end of, like, uh, it's always the same thing. Like, crying. It's either crying about an ex wanting to get back with the ex or missing her thinking you just want to die or the other one of like oh shit we're finally back together and mm -hmm. now i feel happy i've noticed it's it's always about like a love or heartbreak pretty much the same three or four examples you just said or they meet this girl have a great time kick it off oh, the cheating they want to see her again and then she's dead or some shit <laughs> like oh, yeah you know, or, or remember that song yeah I, th I, th I, don't, I don't know. They never did a music video for that song. That's funny, though. I don't know. <laughs> I, she was driving in a car. Yeah. <laughs> like with me. <laughs> Blaming God and shit. <laughs> it's like, it's your fault, mother. <laughs> Not like with me, dude. Um, I grew up listening to Mexican music, but nothing to that extreme. Like with you, I grew up more listening like to rap, like Southern music because of my brother. Because when I was a kid... <laughs> You know, I was growing up with him. He was making music uh, with, you know, his friends and shit. And, like, they had, like, their own, like, little group or whatever. So, you know, I grew up listening to, like, when I mean, like, some real Southside shit music, I'm talking about, like, some real Southside. You know, I got, like, Big Hawk, PMC, Big Mo. I was also listening to, like, DSR, uh, Dirty Boys, Pimpin' the Gangsta, A-Ball and MJG. My dad looked, like, looked so down upon us. He's like, you know, I don't get it. You're listening. And, and for just for reference, I'm just saying this. And I'm not saying this because, you know, you got to fucking throw a warning in because, you know, niggas get triggered nowadays. I'm not saying this to be racist or anything like that. But my dad's like, why are you always listening to all this black people music, you know? So you need to, like, like listen to your culture. Oh, it's the same thing. And when this it, and this and that. When it, when it came to, like, metal or rock music, it was the same thing. Why are you listening to that devil music? And it's like, no, it's like, and I don't know. <laughs> and, like, listening to that type of music, bro, like, you know, like, real, like, Southside and shit. Like, it was so cool growing up and it was, like, a different... Uh, I don't know, like um, a different attitude and a different feeling when you like listen to that kind of music. And I remember like, who else like SPM, Lucky Luciano or shit like that. Mm -hmm. Like um, when I would go to school, I would remember they were like, like, who's your who's your uh, favorite rapper and blah, blah, blah. Like back in the day. And I was like, oh, like I like Lil Wayne. And, like when he was barely coming up, like back in the day or shit, like um, Eminem and this and that. And they would ask me like, oh, well, should I just fuck with DSR, like Big Tug, Tom Tom or like. Fat Bastard or any, any, anybody like that sort. And, like, a lot of people don't know who the fuck they are. And, like, it's cool. But I do appreciate when I see people, like, I guess still bump that type of music. Like, try to true zero or shit like that. Like, it's cool, like, when 
you listen to music not because you were like your family or friends and like tell you but it's like you're listening because of your state and like the state's culture of music and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, and something some people don't understand that all let's say like 60 besides the people that were like always featured and then they get their own record deal but like most of most of them started like that. Yeah, like bro. in their hometown, yeah. selling CDs out of their car. I still have a fuck ton of like dude, I had well, I don't have it on me right now, but like I have like this huge ass pamphlet, bro, like back like old school CDs, bro, like like when Chingo Bling first came out and shit like that, or like you know what I'm saying? Like I, I don't know. Um Screw Stun when they had like all their fucking screw chop and screwed music. That so. was the original way, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the original Sonny Vettel right there. Yeah, bro, and it's like um for me it was cool growing up and being surrounded with that music and then like there comes a point, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, where you listen to a specific genre so much that like you have to explore something new. I know a lot of people like live and die by, and I hate using this fucking example, but I this is the best example I know, like live and die by classic rock. Oh yeah, like, yeah. ACDC, they, you know, they, like, that's all they, they. That's all they know. Like so, like yeah, they they'll never hear a fucking rap album. They'll never hear a country album. Like, oh, bro, I cannot do that. And like I think when I went to high school. That's when I kind of broke off from that and I started exploring into like other music. That's when I first heard Metallica. Uh, that's when I heard Suicide Silence, Lamb of God, Chelsea Grin, and just kind of exploring out from there. And then after that, that's when I went back to rap, Kid Cudi, like pop music, techno, EDM. That's when Skrillex came out too. Like, I think if I could like, this this doesn't even make any sense, but like if I can rate my experience, like how my music life went, I think it was so cool how I could appreciate so many different genres when, when growing up, I was only surrounded by just one genre, which was mainly rap music. Because again, my brother made music, usually when it's something to that extreme where a relative or whatever you're like, somebody you live with only does that specific type of deal. Like that's all you listen to. Like I know a lot of friends like where like they would like their older siblings would like be in rock, you know, band groups, like rock and shit and like (laughs) not classic rock, but like like more like a deathcore and like they still like like bump heavy deathcore shit like so I, I don't know i don't know how to explain it what do you think about uh reggaeton music like the rise that it's had <sighs> i know i'm gonna sound like a hater and a hypocrite for what i just said earlier to me reggaeton music it all sounds the same i cannot name one artist from reggaeton and be like yeah bro i know the, like a song from this person like i don't know to me it all sounds the same so does like a lot of like a lot of other Mexican music, like a lot of shit that all sounds the same. But like, I don't know, for me personally, it's not my cup of tea. I don't really like know music like that from like reggaeton songs that well. But I'm not going to be here and hate, you know, on like, oh, well, yeah, fuck reggaeton. It ain't shit. You know, that's that, you know, I don't like that kind of music. Mm-hmm. I just I haven't had a point in my life where I can sit down and give it a chance and like listen to multiple tracks like just puro reggaeton you know what I mean um I think around uh mid 2000s I mean it's been around for a long ass time but I think around <laughs> mid 2000s it started dying off with uh Wisin y Andel when they split up mm-hmm. Daddy Yankee was still around uh Don Omar yeah I never I never even listened to Daddy Yankee <clears throat> growing up either like mm-mm. except for Gasolina yeah, that, that or the um, there was another song, dude. Um, that was big around that Daddy Yankee time. Rompe, rompe that shit. Rompe, 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 rompe. You remember that shit? Nah, dude. Like I said, I that kind of. Oh, you rompe, rompe. No, do you remember Don Don Omar? I think like oh eight, oh nine. Pobre diablo. 
You remember Again, that shit? Nah, dude. Nah. <laughs> I'm telling you, bro, like, I, I didn't really grow up, like, listening to music like that, like, when I was growing up. Uh, do you remember playing, um, back in 09, 010, this is, like, when these songs were, like, hidden. GTA 4 had that fucking Puerto Rican radio station. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Sexy movimiento. Uh, uh, you remember that shit? Mm-hmm. Fucking We Seen the End. We Fucking yeah, I think that's Yandel. I don't fucking remember. The the, the genre died off, and then, uh, 2010, 11, 12, fucking bachata was fucking hot, dude. For some reason, I don't know what fucking brought reggaeton back. Something did. I don't know what. I think it was Despacito because Despacito. you didn't hear it before that. Like Despacito. Yeah. Before you know? that, you didn't hear it. That song came out for some reason. That collab collab happened. That fucking song pissed me the. F- I mean. It, it it was like pissed me, but it irritated the fuck out of me, no, dude. It pissed you off. <laughs> it, yeah, dude. It was like, oh my god. It's like I liked it the first two, three times, and then after that, it's like, damn, getting... bro. They be fucking. There was like fifty versions of it. There's like a Justin Bieber version. There was this other version and that one. I'm like, damn, dude. And then after that, I don't know what the fuck happened. It was like Bad Bunny came up, and then Anuela, and then. And even then, bro, like. Bad Bunny's popping heavy right now, dude. But he's been he's been number one on uh, Spotify, I think, two two or three years in a row. And I still don't know any songs from the Homeboy. Like I don't know. I, I know some. I know. I probably know a lot. I, I've listened to all his albums. Probably you gotta maybe the, one of these days you, you know gotta what? hear it from start to end. The only one I know is that Booger T song he made. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the only song I know that he made. The fucking music video. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the funny. fuck is that? Fucking Booker T. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Booker T. It's been Rooney. <laughs> Something I was going to talk about. Far Cry 6 actually uh, takes place in um, a fictionali- fictionalized like Cuba, Puerto Rico type shit. Yeah. And uh, it's like an island. But they have a lot. And their fucking, dude, their fucking playlist is huge. Their playlist is at least like 30, 40 songs. No shit. In that game. That game is fucking big, massive. All right, guys. We're about to review the game. Shit. Here we go. <laughs> so for those like me, I haven't played the game. Remember how in the trailer it's like you know this kid and like I guess uh, homeboy uh, from Boyos Hermanos pulling up and he's like hey you know if you want to be a leader and you got to show these niggas like who is who's run who's boss and shit and he gives him like a grenade. All I know is that fucking trailer scene. Now that that you've actually played it, do you think they depicted like really well from the trailer from gameplay or is like eh, no, it's not really um here here's like an, the you know riot revolution and shit. No, that's that's no you know what's funny. I don't think they're depicting it that well as they did on that trailer, especially the graphics. You you've played GTA, oh, not GTA, uh, Far Cry Five. You played Far Cry Five, right? Yeah. Okay. You remember the cutscenes? How they fucking look like a movie? They look real mm-hmm. life, whatever. And then the gameplay also felt real life, like the trees and the fucking was, land. The, it the was sky, okay. It was the, pretty good. The fields and all this yeah. stuff. So, uh, when I was playing the game though, this Far Cry Six, the fucking it looks like it got so low budget. Like for some reason, it looks like a when the like, cutscenes happen, dude, they look so low quality, like PlayStation Three. And I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because some people maybe walked out or quit, like on that graphic department that had to work on those. You think uh, it's just maybe updates away until it looks good, or is it? No, just... but here's the thing. A lot of, I've had that issue. I've, I've been thinking about that issue with a lot of video games. A lot of video games, like they look fucking downgraded. I think because like nobody. Not nobody, but like not a lot of people have the PS5. Not a lot of people have the Series X. So the games are being made yeah, for the PS4. Save some for the rest of us. <laughs> Fuck, dude. Fucking scalpers. Jesus, it's so <laughs> fucking annoying. But yes, I'm sorry. Um, they um, so I think that these games are being made for the PS4, Xbox One. So they, 
they they look like those graphics. They don't look like how they did on that fucking trailer that you saw. Yeah. How it look everything looks so fucking like movie like and stuff like that. As far as what I've seen of Anton, the character, but played by that character, I think his name is Giancarlo Esposito. It's been good. I mean, there I've I've only seen like two or three cutscenes with him. He's not in the game as much as you think he'd be. Hmm. He he's um uh, more. It's more of like when you do something big in the game, like bringing down a capital bringing down a statue or like destroying some of his property, destroying this and that you see a cutscene of him, but he doesn't mention you he's just, he's just in the know of what's going on. He's like watching the TV and he's like in the know. And then he has this fucking scene with his son or something yeah. else. So that's, I mean, I like it. I like that. I just, there's not that much interaction with him and the, and the fucking protagonist, to be honest. It's not like fucking the father, how he was everywhere. The father would like appear with you yeah, fucking and other relations like, and mm-hmm. shit like that. So, um, this game's fucking long though. I've like I said, I put at least thirteen in-game hours like just playing it, and I've only cleared that left part of the map. The map has like four sections, I think. Would you say it's like GTA Five big map, or is it? It's bigger than that. It reminds me of uh, like Puerto Rico and Dominican Republic. Like when you see them, and the houses are kind of like so, not. They're yeah. kind of like poor in the slums. Poor. Yeah, yeah, in the yeah. slums. Like everything looks a little bit poor. There's like a lot of villages, a lot of mountains, and there's like little villages in the mountains oh that's pretty badass like yeah so, is it like a far cry 5 where if you find a shotgun you pick it up and then you switch your gun out no. and you don't have to bite it no. anymore no none of the enemies drop weapons dang <laughs> oh that's what that's pretty so, cool so now well, i don't know what i like about this game is that it makes you play more stealthier or more like re- like real combat because I-, I mentioned to you on a voice message that there's no more healing syringes Remember how like you would be able to carry like six or eight of them, mm-hmm. just come fucking, just fucking like reheal as you're damaged. I remember they would do the fucking animation like breaking the finger, popping yeah, now the hand, I'm good now, all this shit. shit. Yeah. So they only they only let you do that once now. So if you're getting hurt, you can go hide, and uh, he'll do the thing. He'll pop a wrist, or he'll do the finger. He'll smoke a cigar and put it on the the wound, stuff like that. But there's no syringes, so you can't keep doing that. Um, there's only that, and it. it it like fills up again, and then you can use it again. What are your three dislikes, and what are your three likes of the game? I think I think I dislike one part, but I think you would like it. Or if you're like really deep, you like getting into detailed video games. So when you clear out a location, you can set up uh, operations for other people to do, like people in your crew. Like they're called bandidos, people that like they were being held captive, and you would save them, and they they would be hostages, but you would untie them. They'll say thank you, all this shit. Yeah. So. When you do that in Far Cry 6, they become part of your guerrilla. They'll become part of your... They won't go to your camp. You won't see them. But they'll be added onto your little operations list. When you go into operations, you can see how many people you've... Hostages you've, you've saved. And you can use them to send them on missions. Though There's a mission that's like an hour. And it'll, it'll be an actual in-game hour. Hmm. It reminds me of like mobile games. You remember that Fallout game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would send people out. You yeah. would send people out and they would go bring stuff. It's like that. But it's like it's like so much content that's in the game. But it's like I don't have fucking time for this. I just want, you know. It's like that. There's that. There's cockfighting. <laughs> there's cockfighting. There's races. There's fishing. There's uh, a lot of different other things. You see what I'm saying? It's like, well, if you like that sort of game, and like I told your brother, if if this is the type of game you're gonna be playing, this is the only fucking game you're gonna be playing for for a while. So one dislike with you would say is time it, consuming. Yeah. No, it's just a lot of fucking content. So, so what would be a second thing then? Uh, second that I dislike? There's so many fucking f- uh, forests and mountains. Uh, so a, would you I say mean, the terrain? Gives, 
Yeah, it's because it's because it's not like uh, Far Cry Five. How let's say you can um, like if I wanted to get from point A to point B, <laughs> I could just go straight. Yeah. No, this is like straight up. Like I gotta go around the roads and cut through the forest a little bit. And and dude, have you seen the the remake that you're doing for Saints Row? The first one or which one? They're they're remaking the whole Saints Row, so they're they're pretending all those didn't happen. Honestly, the first one was the best one. I remember they had this like little. I mean, you know, when you're fucking your homeboys are done, you drop the forty, or how uh, you can like move like a pant leg up or whatever. Or they even had the pimp cane. <laughs> like I don't know if you're, it was like a shotgun too, but it was. I don't know. That was Saints Row One was definitely the best one. Once they started doing like two, two was eh, and then from three and down, I didn't really. Three like and then four went into the aliens and shit. Yeah, and then you became president, and <laughs> Saints Row goes to hell. Like uh, I don't know, that was a little <laughs> bit too much. I mean, we're getting way off topic, but okay. So then, last but not least, the third thing you don't like of the game. Um, one thing I do like, before I say what I don't like, is uh the music. Like I said, there's a lot of reggaeton, but they also have a lot of boleros. Do you remember the? Back in the days, they had the the groups of like three guys in a guitar, kind of like trios and the singing. Yeah. And they're all like harmonizing and like in sync and shit. They have a lot of that music. So I don't know, but like if you play this game, if it's going to like make you like that music. I mean, it's because I already liked it, but like just driving around and like listening to the music in the background, like really fucking soothing and shit, like calming. One thing I, I don't like uh, in order to get um, in order to know where where like checkpoints. So here there's no outpost. It's called a checkpoint, and there's there's another thing called a military target. It's called a military target, a checkpoint, and there's a um, aircraft something. So you can't fly planes unless you take care of those those uh, aircraft uh, anti aircraft things. There's like so many to fucking destroy at the beginning of the game. When you zoom out, there's like fucking red circles all over the map. You gotta go like on foot to go and then take, to fly over yeah. that terrain. Okay. Yeah, so that's cool. Um, but, like, one thing I hate is having to find people. Like, when you're walking around, running around, driving around, there's a people that will have an eye above them. It's like a, uh, it's like a diamond, a black diamond and an eye. And when you talk to them, they'll give you information on where those checkpoints are, where those places are. So, unless you fucking talk to them, you don't know where they are. So, you were saying one like was the music. What yeah, was, I like the music. What were the other two things you like about the game? Uh, The atmosphere. Like just it it makes it it really it makes you feel <laughs> it, it doesn't make you feel like you're in you're in Dominican Republic or like Puerto Rico or anything like that but the like, atmosphere is like really fucking Latin and Hispanic because you'd be like driving and then you hear somebody like oh yeah or like some fucking stupid shit like <laughs> oh amigo like some stupid shit yeah. and and but the dude is, is like speaking Spanglish like compadre uh, <laughs> like where's the shipment and then he has that fucking accent too he has like that fucking deep like Puerto Rican accent. So I mean that's what I like like the the little atmosphere the little um how they make it feel like it's actually like Puerto Rico Dominican Republic or Cuba or somewhere around there like it it really feels like that and like the islands and then like the the cars the music like I said so I'm pretty sure you'd enjoy it it's just that type of game like I said where you're just gonna for like put so much fucking time into it where you're gonna be playing and it's gonna be like eight o'clock and then you're like oh shit I I got three things done. And it's fucking 12. Yeah, 12. Yeah, <laughs> nah, dude. Those... Oh, another thing that's cool. The clothing. The clothing on the uh, the characters. Everything has has a different purpose. Like, if you... There's, like, a shit ton of chess pieces. And it's not like uh, Far Cry 5 where you could just put the attire and it does nothing. It just changes what he looks like. But this one, you could put, like, a different chess piece. And it'll say... 
it does better against ballistic missiles, uh, ballistic uh, weapons or whatever. Yeah. It does better against soft round pistols. It does better against armor piercing rounds. Oh, there's actually a Pollos Hermanos uh, outfit. There's that one, and then there's one for the main characters. So what would you, all in all, I know you haven't finished the game. What would you rate it from 1 to 10? Like an 8. An yeah. 8? I think the two points I take, from what, like, from what it is right now, yeah, like an 8. So what do you think it's missing to get that 10? Um, the, the graphics, not on the gameplay, but like on the... The cutscenes? The cutscenes. It, it just takes you out of it. I, th- I know this has happened with some other games as well. I think it's happened with... Uh, I forgot what game... But there was a, uh, a fucking game that, like, you're just playing it. You're enjoying the fuck out of it. Graphics are badass. And then, like, the cutscene happens, and you're like, what the fuck? Like, why does it look so bad? Mm-hmm. So, it's like that situation. I guess that, and also, I think the people, what they criticized more was that Anton Castillo. Like, the villain. Like, he's mm-hmm. not in it that much. So, as far as what I've seen. So, I think that's what people criticize the most. So, I guess those those two things. You know, we were talking about this, I think, either the last or the second episode, but we're talking about how just games are being about the specific standard or whatever. And, like, I don't know what the standard of, like, for me personally, like, just with games nowadays, but why are they just so fucking huge and so much to do? Like, top three games that I wish I could have passed, but they just took way too fucking long. Skyrim, The Witcher 3, and Fallout New Vegas. I've never beat any of those three games. And like, I've played those games a lot. Hands down the Witcher three badass fucking game, badass fucking story five big ass GTA maps, but it was just so fucking much to do that. I just could not fucking like, I never, I never beat those games. And like, That's- I'm the type of person where like, I like to be the game perfectly. If there's like all these side quests, I beat all the side quests or whatever. Like, I don't know if you were playing Tomb Raider, but Tomb Raider, like that was a really fucking badass game like that. I don't know if you ever played any of the Tomb Raiders, but dude, those games like that's a real fucking badass game that you can actually beat the side quests or the little Easter eggs or whatever and complete the game within like a sufficient amount of time. And not a lot of, like, time wasted, if that makes sense. Because, like... Yeah, because you want to enjoy a game that's at least <coughs> fucking 8 to 10 hours a year, you know? Yeah, dude, because... I don't want to be there for <clears throat> fucking 40, 50, 60 hours. Because, dude, I remember I played Skyrim, like, three or four times, and I just could never fucking beat the game, dude. And that was just... It was just so fucking much. And, like, it kind of worries me for the future of gaming, because I feel like most games... Well, the majority of games are going to be like that. Mm. and game production is going to slow down and I don't know I just feel like alright well how do you want to spend the next 3 or 4 years of your life playing just one game and the next 4 or 5 years you can play just one game the sequel instead of like yeah you know juggling or like you know I don't know playing multiple I don't know how to explain the, what would be the right yeah, word it's, like, it's the same situation here that I'm telling you with Far Cry 6 how it, it feels like you're going to be playing this game for a fucking month or a month and a half like straight mm-hmm. you're not going to play anything else and um um, <laughs> I don't. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. There's just too many fucking. I don't know, man. I know. Yesterday when we were fucking, uh, when we were sending voice messages, dude. Fuck, bro. I was laughing so hard with. Uh, you were like, I told you, uh, hey, bro. I don't know if you noticed, but today's uh, Ray Mysterio's uh, son. Or he turned 47, and you were talking about Dominic Cruz. Or I don't. I keep saying Cruz. I don't know why I keep throwing <laughs> his fucking name on there. Uh, Dominic. <laughs> bro I was fucking dying too fucking much of those fucking voice messages shit dude I hate how WWE fucking does that bro how they like 
over culturalize a stereotype. And that, I don't even know if that's the right way to say it, but like. And people don't believe it's true, but look at the Apollo Cruz. Apollo Cruz, the actual Cruz, not Dominic Cruz, but. Yeah. The actual Cruz situation where he was like. He was challenging for the fucking title and like he was wrestling as Apollo Cruz or whatever. He's coming out smiling like a dumbass with Colgate teeth. <laughs> and then fucking. <laughs> and then uh, all of a sudden. He leaves. He's not on TV anymore. And then he comes back and then he has that fucking African accent. Like, what the yeah, fuck? Yeah, I don't know. That was. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how Vince gets him to do shit like that, dude. Fucking, that's Playboy Vince. Any other- Have they done that with Mexican culture? Because you you said I, I I don't remember. I probably wasn't watching. Um, maybe like we were just too young. Uh, they I know they for sure do it with Nakamura, or they've done some stupid shit with Nakamura. What like, remember that ramen noodle thing? Who was it? <laughs> what? No, I don't know what you're talking. Who was about. it? Was it? Uh, let me see if I can find it. Maybe Eddie Guerrero with this fucking theme song. I lie, I cheat, I steal. You know what I'm saying? Like, in the beginning, Viva la, la Raza. <laughs> you know, pulling up in the lowrider and shit. But, I mean, I don't know. I I just know when it's in the commentating booth, when they'll do some shit, like, they'll fucking, um, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't want to get on the tangent because yesterday I was going way too fucking hard on those fucking, oh, my God, he's fucking, call, call. Here he comes. He's about to do the fucking the musical chairs and all this other crazy shit. Like I ain't trying to. I don't know, man. Just thinking about it pisses me the fuck off. Okay, look, I found it. Uh, this happened back in April twenty seven, twenty twenty. Um, WWE Hall of Famer and Raw color commentator Jerry the King Lawler addressed his controversial remarks made during a match between Akira Tozawa and Austin Theory. It was Akira Tozawa, not fucking. Following a somersault maneuver performed by Tozawa, Lawler jokingly referred to the move as a ramen noodle moonsault. (laughs) 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 That motherfucker, dude. Ramen noodle that was pretty clever. That was pretty funny. Imagine Tozawa <laughs> hearing the fucking broadcast later. Like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck? That, wasn't, that was just a moonsault, motherfucker. <laughs> it's like, it's like uh, that situation, right? That's what you're mentioning. With yeah, the like they have to like, I don't know. I think like, oh my God, that rage is building up. I can feel the salsa very day running through his veins. Like, you know what I'm saying? Some dumb shit like that. Like, I don't know. Trust me, Cole, he can take the damage. Just like a piñata, I know he's been striked before. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I can I don't know why I can, can I keep throwing Cole's name in there, but uh, that's Pat McAfee. That's all he's doing. He's it's fucking yelling always, the whole time. Yeah, bro. So uh, I don't know, man. But besides that, if you guys listen through all the way up to the end of this point, I seriously appreciate it. Um I don't know. We'll be back for the next one soon. So stay on the lookout. It won't be as long as the last one. I promise to God. Your boy's about to graduate, but that'll be something I'm going to talk about on the next episode for sure. So we will see you guys later.